0: Hello and welcome to the pixel swim podcast episode 71. I am Steve Heinrich your host and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, June sixth, two 2019. You can visit Pixelswim.com for all of these show notes and social links. If you want to follow along or leave any feedback, it's always appreciated. So yeah, thanks for tuning in uh, for episode 71. Let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links here. Uh, just a little bit of feedback after the last episode from Rob Brand on MeWe. He says, uh, this is in regards to me swapping in my my Lumia 640 speaker into my Lumia 950. And uh, he's just talking about the speaker quality here. He says, Steve, I seem to remember that Steve Litchfield did an article on AAWP, that's all about Windows Phone, about making the Lumia 950 sound louder, basically use the graphic equalizer with a U U-shaped profile boosting high and low frequencies. I hope this helps. So, yeah, thanks, Rob, for reaching out about that. That is something that I have come across in the past that article on allaboutwindowsphone.com. I'll have to put a, sh- a link in the show notes to that if I can dig through AAWP and find it. But basically, um, unfortunately, it doesn't uh, really make the phone louder. It actually just increases the fidelity and kind of the sound quality of it uh, by going into the equalizer settings in the the lumia 950 settings and kind of making a u shape with the the equalizer settings with the the frequencies so yeah, it's something that I've tried. And like I said, it. I think it might actually make the phone a little bit quieter <laughs> and actually see after I responded there, Steve Litchfield did jump in and, and talk about that same article and about how it actually made the phone a little bit quieter, but it had a better tone. Yeah, that's probably a more succinct way to put it. And he actually said it was uh, on the 950 XL. So yeah, that's uh, unfortunately yeah it's it's one of those things. It does make the quality a lot better, but unfortunately doesn't make it louder. And it still couldn't use that speaker kind of as my day to day my day to day device simply because the speaker isn't good enough <laughs> under my in my opinion for for how I use my device. So, but uh, anyway, thanks Rob for reaching out via MIUI. Uh Greatly appreciated. And so let's jump into the next part here, which is the LG G6 weekly report. So, yeah, I've been doing this to keep myself accountable and using the LG G6 and to kind of remind myself as well that it's still a good phone. And so I make sure to take a a good look at it every week and, and do something every week for it. But uh, this week, I actually kind of re- I, and I've come across it in the past a few times, but I kind of forget that I have this installed. I actually installed the AccuBattery Battery Pro app uh, a while ago, this back in December of 2018. So last December, I installed that app. And basically, I've just let it run in the background. And, and essentially, what the app does is it kind of measures and analyzes battery performance based on charging cycles and 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 different things like that and kind of gives you a a big overview of your battery health and and your estimates for as far as screen times and, and just kind of averages everything out for you. So yeah, I've had it running in the background for a long time, which is good because there's a ton of stats now uh, in the battery uh, app in the Acu, Acu battery pro app. And there's a, you can kind of see the health of it over a long period of time. So Uh, essentially my battery health is at 101%, (laughs) which, uh, I think isn't a hundred percent accurate, but, um, it is kind of showing after all this time that it is, the battery is still holding its capacity pretty well. So, uh, you know, overall the, the full battery time estimates, it shows this under the discharging section in the app is it looks like for screen on time, my average, uh, I think this is for the last seven days, it doesn't average everything all time. But either way, the average screen on time is six hours 34 minutes. So that's not too bad. That's I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. I'm getting pretty good screen on time on the G6 here, uh, screen off time which I'm guessing is standby time. <laughs> Not sure exactly uh, what they mean by screen off. I'm, I, I'm guessing just kind of standby time. Yeah, the, the device would last 40 hours and 51 minutes. So I think that makes sense. Uh, combined use. So I'm guessing a, a day of use uh, is about 18 hours. So I can get about 18 hours out of the device before I need to charge it up, which makes sense uh, using it. You know, with the screen on for a few hours every day or whatever. At the end of the day, uh, usually, you know, I can get through the day pretty easily, especially with that six-hour screen-on time. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep that running in the background. I put a link to that app in the show notes, and I kind of suggest installing it, uh, getting it set up, and then just letting it run, and maybe checking it back a few months later and see how it is. Or even if you get a new device, maybe it's a good app to to put on there just so you have the overall lifespan of your battery because it does actually show the whether it's degrading over time uh, you can see the battery wear. it shows a chart essentially of month by month of the battery wear. so battery wear, it says uh that basically lower numbers are better on this this chart so either way it's kind of a, a nice app to have installed and just running in the background so say you want to sell your device, you can you can kind of maybe take a screenshot of that or or whatever and put that in the listing as well, showing the uh, battery capacity uh, and you can, you know, over time. So it's always something that's that's interesting to know if you're buying a device. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, though. I think this week for my LG G6, I haven't Done a ton of things with it, just using it as usual. That's the only kind of unique thing that popped up this week that I thought I'd go over, especially since it's been a long time since that app has been running. So, this has been the LG G6 Weekly Report. And with that report done, (laughs) I actually want to go into my little bit of uh, another section and notes here about my struggles, (laughs) my phone buying struggles. So, I am getting tempted to buy another phone. I think this is just my, my, my geekiness, my phone, phone hobby, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows as far as how much I actually want another device, but it's kind of amping up as of lately. So I have actually kind of been looking at at giving the Moto X4 another chance. Uh, Again, these are things, these are, these are phones that I'm going to talk about a couple here that It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to actually get them, but I have just been kind of tempted and and looking at them again. But yeah, anyway, that Moto X4 is another, is a device that I, you know, maybe would want to give another chance. I think I gave up on it before because it ultimately didn't save a photo once. (laughs) So it was uh, frustrating enough, I think with a few other niggles to not want to keep. So uh, it is actually re- at a available at a really good price right now. It's about $180 I can get for brand new from Motorola for the 64, 64 gigabyte Android one version of that Moto X4. So that's a pretty decent price. It's kind of a, one of those, you know, I don't need, don't need it. Don't need any of these, but it's, uh, I'm getting the itch and, and I'm just kind of, lo- you know, putting my feelers back out there because these things are, are available. So. The other device that I've kind of been looking at as well is the Moto Z3 Play or the Z3 Play, depending on where you are. Uh, also, I've always kind of liked the Moto Mods idea, uh, especially that bat- uh, the battery Moto Mods to to clamp on an extra battery that actually your phone can use ahead of your ahead of your main device battery, uh, which is, I think is a really great thing. I mean, I have a, a battery charging case for my LG G six, but that just charges the a case. You don't necessarily, uh, it, you know, it's just constantly trying to top up the battery. It's not actually just using the case battery. So that's kind of what I like about the moto mods, uh, battery packs is that they, they use the, the external battery first so unless i'm wrong about that (laughs) i'm sure somebody will let me know but yeah the anyway the moto z3 play like i said moto mods have i've always been intrigued by those i wouldn't mind trying that out that setup out and obviously this would be the first uh smartphone that i'd have without a headphone jack uh not exactly the an ideal situation but uh It's one of those things where I don't know if I'd want to go with the Z2 Play just because I've, you know, the things I've heard about the camera not being that great. And uh, I wouldn't, you know, I just guess I'd get used to the dongle life and the Bluetooth life. So uh, one of those, again, just looking, not really actually buying either of these phones, the Moto X4 or the Moto Z3 Play. But just, uh, yeah, they're tempting, you know, just because I do like to have a play with, with these different devices. But uh, so those are what's on my radar as of right now. And the Moto Z3 Play is a little bit up there uh, as far as purchasing that one. But it's still uh, still a device that I think I would get. I don't think I would uh, even look at the Moto Z4, which is just released. I saw today I got an email from Motorola that they, you can now order the Moto Z4 moto moto z4 Ugh. but uh yeah I, I think there was pre-orders before but now it's actually available so uh yeah that's why the z3 play i think would be a better value in this case plus uh, if you've seen the z, z4 z uh device you'll know that the moto mods don't quite fit as uh as elegantly <laughs> onto the back as previous moto z generations so Uh, I think Ted Salmon's talked about this on uh, PSC and the PSC group. And it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I, I, that, that would put me off completely from the device. I don't understand exactly why that would be the case. I I know they're trying to push the design forward, but uh, I don't know. It's just not, not ideal. So, you know, there's compromises with every device. Obviously the Z3 Play, no headphone jack, but that is what it is. But either way, I also posted my wife's LG Q6 on Swappa. And uh, just in case, <laughs> uh, if I sell that, it'll kind of help justify the cost if I if I break my rule of, of using my G6 for the whole year and I kind of break that rule and get another device. Uh, it's te- You know, like I said, I'm just being just tempted right now. Maybe this will, this temptation will go away as I kind of move forward and kind of you know, reprioritize things a little bit. But as for right now, I got my eye on those things. And and it's uh, just kind of where I'm at. So I just thought I'd bring up that uh, in the show here just to, to let everybody know in case I come back next week. And all of a sudden, I've got a different device. I don't want it to be a surprise to myself or to anybody listening, like what the hell is he doing kind of a thing. So either way, just thought I'd mention those here. All right, so just a quick update on my Plex server situation. Uh, I'm still on my break from ripping DVDs uh, as per the last few weeks has been that way. So just really haven't been feeling it. But uh, I also decided to kind of break down my setup that I had with my DVD, DVD ripping station that I had on my my quote unquote standing desk, which is a shelving unit. And uh, I had my old laptop and the DVD Ripper and everything set up there. And so I kind of took all of that down, uh, mostly because I wanted to use the standing desk again for my main my main PC. Uh, and I've been sitting way too much. I think I talked about it uh, in the past about my chair actually, you know, not being too bad to sit in for a long period of time. But, uh, you know, I want to make sure I go back to standing and sitting throughout the day just to you know, maybe a little bit healthier, uh, as far as my back health and, and stuff like that. So I yeah, that's all broken down. So who knows when I get back to ripping DVDs. So I've just got the Plex server on, on hold on the back on the back burner for now. So uh, that's where that is. All right. So moving on in my notes here, I mentioned last week uh, that I got some feedback from Simon Knobs. Thanks again, Simon, about uh, de-googling his phone or de-googling a phone in general. And this is stuff that I've talked about in the past, uh, in past episodes here on the podcast. And I just wanted to go back into it a little bit more. So this last week, I actually kind of dug back in and, you know, trying to take a different, not even a different perspective on it, but just to kind of see where things led this time. So I'd actually put uh, the stock uh, Android software back on my Moto G third generation, which seems to be my de-googling slash test device for all this stuff. There's a lot of ROMs and and, and third-party support for, uh, you know, customizing that phone. So it's kind of, you know, that's my go-to device for this sort of stuff is, and especially for de-googling a phone. So I put back on Lineage OS, And uh, basically, and I also discovered uh, I was going to download the latest version of Lineage OS and discovered that it is no longer officially supported by Lineage. It's no longer on the download page. uh, So essentially, there's no more. Well, I mean, there's uh, unofficial Lineage builds for it. But uh, luckily, I actually had on hand, I think, uh, an old, well, it's not that old. I think it was from December a Lineage version of Android 7.1. I think it's Lineage 14.1 or something like that. Uh, So luckily I had that on hand and I just decided to use that. Uh, Not really that big a deal. It was pretty stable. So uh, I put that or flashed that back onto my Moto G third gen. Uh, Again, I started using F Droid to fill the gaps on some apps. Uh, So I think that that is kind of the main route as far as installing apps goes. Uh, But I this time I actually decided to try installing a few apps or finding solutions uh, via APK mirror. And I know this has been talked about a little bit on in the PSC community on the PSC podcast about whether those files are safe. And it's kind of been, you know, brought down the path that they are all scanned and safe APKs to install. So basically an APK is just an Android app that you can install download and load into your phone and install. So I decided to see, you know, kind of go through the main apps that I use uh, on a daily basis and stuff that I'm not really willing to give up uh, and, and see how that goes. So and see if I'm able to install them as standalone apps without Google Play Store installed or even Google Play Services. So Uh, Again, just to recap, you can install Lineage OS without any of the Google apps installed as well. So you basically have whatever's in Lineage OS without Google in it. And that's kind of how I've gone about de-Googling my phone and and testing things. So uh, one of the apps that I discovered works really well is the Fitbit app. Obviously, I I just got my Fitbit not too long ago. I've done a few shows now talking about it. Uh, Still loving it, by the way. And I got the Fitbit app off of APK Mirror and installed it on my Moto G 3rd gen uh, with Lineage. And as a standalone app, it works perfectly well. Uh, It it, uh, syncs up with the Fitbit perfectly and everything works as it should. You can even sign into your Fitbit account and uh, get all your past data and uh, sync with the watch and change the watch faces, watch faces. Uh, And everything works great because I think it's all done just through Bluetooth. So it works perfectly as a standalone app, Uh, which is really nice to see just because uh, I wasn't really willing to give up (laughs) the Fitbit app. And I was actually kind of looking as well at uh, the Windows 10 version of the Fitbit app. Uh, Just, you know, if it was one of those things where if I have to give up the app on my phone, maybe I can use it on my PC. And I started to look into that and get too far uh, before I decided to use the APK mirror version on the Moto G third gen, and yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that it was uh, perfectly good to go. So if I was going to use a degoogled phone, I could still install that Fitbit app on the side. But uh, the other app, uh, and I only went through a couple apps. I didn't have a ton of time this week, but I did try to find, and and I've looked at this in the past. I tried to find a Pandora app, Pandora the uh, internet radio streaming slash uh, music library. Now it kind of matches up a little bit with Spotify. But either way, I was trying to find a Pandora APK to download and install. Uh, I've looked at like I said, I looked at this before, there's some really shady ones out there. Uh, so be really careful. <laughs> there's none on APK mirror, you can't find the Pandora app on there. Uh, but on other other websites, I've, I've seen kind of shady APKs that are Kind of claiming the full Pandora subscription for free. Uh, obviously, this is some sort of hacked APK to get the free subscription, and I'm sure there's lots of other stuff potentially in these apps as far as uh, malware and and potentially like viruses for your phone. This is one way to uh, quickly infect your Android device if you're uh, testing out any of these these APKs that claim this sort of stuff. So. Uh, it looks like as far as Pandora goes, um, I'd have to kind of give that up if I was going with the phone without Google on it. Uh, the, the subscription for my Pandora uh, app, uh, I have the deep, I don't know which version is basically the ad free version, uh, not the full version. It's the middle tier it is managed through Google Play. So all the subscription gets charged through Google Play right now. I'm guessing there's too much integration with Pandora and Google Play for there to be for Pandora to kind of work as a standalone app. So I don't know if I'll be able to find a solution for that. If I if I was going to give up uh, or going to go down the Google phone route, Pandora would probably have to go. And uh, I kind of started looking through Droid a little bit. So I was like, OK, maybe there's some you know, I, I don't I don't expect there to be, you know, an exact Pandora replacement on the open source uh, app market in F droid, uh, but at least some sort of streaming music, you know, app that would, you know, provide some sort of entertainment or something to that effect. So uh, I did find, you know, an Internet radio app that streams different stations from all over the world. So it could work, you know, if I if I really needed to to go down that route. You know, at least I wouldn't be giving up streaming music completely. And unfortunately, Pandora doesn't work through the browser either. So that's not really an option. But uh, yeah, so I I definitely started going down that hole a little bit more, you know, trying to see what I could put together on a de-Google the phone. Uh, I did notice in the setting, in the file, file explorer on Android, that there are apps on there that are if, if you've seen the app structure for the the apps that are on Android, a lot of them are like com.google. whatever the app's name is. And there are a few com.google app folders on there. So I don't know what that means exactly as far as whether there are apps still on my built on the Lineage OS Build of Android that will send data to Google, uh, because there seems to be Google apps as far at least those app folders are on there. So I'm not 100% sure how that all works, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me super confident that there aren't some, there isn't some sort of Google code still somewhere on the phone that's still sending data. Uh, and again, this is all about trying to get away from Google. I mean, there's been, you know, it's been a lot of news lately, and I've talked about it in the past. It's just the the way that they're handling privacy and and, and all these services is uh, just not how I would prefer things to work. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of why I've gone through all this stuff. And I'm going to keep my Moto G third gen set up as it is now and see if I can dig even further into into uh, trying to get that, you know, in a place where I'd be able to use it on a day to day basis. I think another big thing that's missing right now on there is maps, a good maps app. Uh, I probably should check and see if the here maps or or here we go apps uh, app is available on APK mirror. Not sure if it is, you know, what? let me check right now. And no, it doesn't look like that. Uh, Here maps is on there that it looks like you can get Google maps on APK mirror. But no, here maps. So I'm not sure uh, what maps app would be good. I know I mentioned in the past with that E Foundation ROM that I've installed in the past that comes with a maps app out of the box, but there is no maps app out of the box for uh, Lineage. So more to to kind of dig into there to see if there's a you know halfway decent replacement for a maps and navigation app. So. Either way, thanks again to Simon Nobbs for kind of rebringing this up. It kind of, you know, got me thinking again about how uh, I could get off of Google services completely. And the phone is a big one, obviously, uh, and the uh, web browser on the desktop is another big one. So. All right, so moving on to the notes here, this is actually kind of on topic with uh, de-googling and and privacy issues. I'd like to thank Kyle Helms for sending this over. This is actually for a device. It's called the Winston Online Privacy Device. It is currently on Kickstarter. It looks like they've reached their goal. So essentially, it says, uh, like I said, it's the Winston Online Privacy Device. It says, uh, Winston, take back control of your online privacy a 60-second setup plug-and-play device that reclaims your use of the internet on any connected device. Stop being watched, packaged, and sold. So yeah, you've uh, <laughs> talked about this in the past where basically you are the product and they kind of mentioned the same thing on there. So uh, essentially what this is, is it looks like a sort of a, a network box of some sort where you put it between your modem and your router or whatever you're connecting to. So basically, from the modem to this Winston box to whatever you're connecting to. So it actually looks like a pretty interesting device. I mean, they they, they put this out for all of the reasons that I've talked about in the past, about, uh, you know, keeping your your data private, and, and and stuff like that. So essentially, so, you know, you can't, you're not really feeding the machine wherever you go online. So uh, they list some features here. It uh, actually, it's a distributed privacy mesh network. So I think it works between other Winston devices. And it uh, it says it scrambles internet activity. It reduces data usage by 45%. It has parental control filters for inappropriate content. It uh, doesn't use VPNs, so it's faster and more reliable. Uh, it has 90,000 plus tracking and malware sites blocked. Uh, It's intelligent cookie. It has intelligent cookie filtering. Uh, Can't log your data. Works with streaming sites. It protects all the devices on your network. It has a 60 second plug and play setup. I said that it has AI based threat analysis. So there's a whole bunch of uh, information on the Kickstarter page here, which of course I'll put in the show notes so you can look through that. So yeah, like I said, on this uh, Kickstarter page, there's a ton of information Uh, So basically what it is, is a piece of hardware. And also there is a subscription uh, that you will need to pay for. Uh, But as of right now, I mean, this is a little bit pricey, uh, but for $350, $349, uh, you can get one of the Winston boxes plus a lifetime subscription. So basically you get the whole shebang uh, for $349. And so you don't have to worry about paying anything else in the future. Uh, of course, uh, for me personally, I'm kind of weary about uh, the fact that there's a subscription as well with this. It makes sense because they're constantly updating things and and keeping, you know, uh, fighting the, n- the newest ways <laughs> that these things uh, track you, I'm, I'm guessing. And so, yeah, it makes sense that there's a subscription, but it also kind of makes me a little weary because you never know when they're going to go belly up and, and be done, you know? So it's, uh, one of those things where I wonder how long it would, or how well it would work without any sort of updates or subscription. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but either way, uh, I think the biggest appeal of this whole thing is the fact that it's just kind of plug and play, Uh, You set it up, you know, plug your your modem or your connection into it and then into your router. And basically, that's all you need to do. And and then there's obvious there's a dashboard and stuff where you can view and see all of the uh, activity and, you know, all of the logs and and everything about what this is doing for you, uh, which is all kind of interesting. Yeah, it's definitely uh, man, I, I honestly wish I could could try it. Um, it is, like I said, it's a little bit too expensive, though, I think, right now. That, again, the biggest appeal to me would be that you could just set this up and, and not really have to do anything. Uh, Kyle also mentioned uh, after he shared this that you could just set up a pie hole, which kind of does the same thing, but it's a little bit more manual, uh, which actually it's something that wouldn't be too out of the realm of, of me doing, uh, especially because Kyle and I'll put this in the sh- in the show notes as well. He actually wrote a nice tutorial about him setting up his pie hole, which basically uses the Raspberry Pi, the the, you know, mini computer that you can build yourself and, and kind of walks, you know, he walks you through how he set his up. And uh, basically, it should help you set yours up. If you want to kind of set up a network device like this, that will uh, kind of block a lot of the the tracking traffic and and ads and and stuff like that, which is uh, obviously a way more affordable solution. Uh, so basically, it's just for the cost of a Raspberry Pi because I think all the software is free. So either way, check out the show notes for the link to this. Take a look through. There's a bunch of videos, a ton. Like <laughs> I know I've said it like three times, but there is a ton of information on this page. Uh, about how this works and and everything that it uh, everything it does uh, from the inside out. So uh, thanks to Kyle for sharing this. This is definitely something to keep in mind if you want an easy way to kind of set up blocking all of this uh, stuff that, you know, all of your internet traffic to your home or business or whatever. So yeah, check that out in the show notes. All right, so the last thing in my notes here is another link, uh, kind of (laughs) again in the same vein of privacy, online privacy. Uh, So it's uh, actually a link to monitor.firefox.com, and maybe you've come across this in the past. I haven't, but I did see it in an email that I got recently, and it basically is a a web website uh, from Firefox, and the big headline tagline is "See if you've been part of an online data breach." Uh, find out what hackers already know about you. Learn how to stay one step ahead of them. And basically, it's a real basic form on here to put in your email address. And uh, it will search. Uh, this is the part that I think is pretty cool. It will search your email address in public data breaches going back to 2007. So, yeah, that's a really interesting tool. And and usually I would be kind of wary of tools like this, but because it is from Firefox, it's a little less, <laughs> a little less wearisome. Uh, so it's definitely a site to check out. Again, that's monitor.firefox.com uh, link in the show notes for that. But uh, yeah, real basic thing. I haven't done it yet. Um, I just got just checked out the link today. So I'm gonna maybe next week, I'll punch in my email address and see uh, if I've been part of any data breaches going back to 2007. So <laughs> fingers crossed that I haven't. But uh, either way, if you want to go and check that out, you can also uh, go to the link in the show notes. And yeah, you can't beat Firefox for actually trying to make uh, make your online experience uh, better and more user friendly by way of privacy and, and data and stuff like that. So Uh, I I, just to mention, too, I still am using Opera as my main browser. But I am really, (laughs) I really want to try and go back to Firefox as my main uh, desktop browser. But it's just one of those things where I'm in too deep now. And, you know, part of the routine is firing up Opera with everything that I have. And, you know, switching browsers can be easy. um, But it can also be kind of, I don't know, in, in my opinion, in my perspective, it's not as simple as it seems. So but it has gotten easier over the years, especially moving all my passwords into key pass and stuff like that. So there's nice extensions that kind of make it a little more seamless. And obviously, importing bookmarks isn't too bad. But uh, yeah, hopefully, I can get back onto Firefox soon, especially because I definitely respect everything that they're doing and, and and can, you know, actually feel like they're they actually care they actually give a damn so either way check out that link in the show notes and hopefully fingers crossed nobody out there who's listening has been part of data breach so yeah we'll keep our fingers crossed for all of us all right so let's wrap things up here on episode 71 uh thank you for tuning in to the pixel swim podcast again it's uh always a pleasure to, to come and lay down a track, uh, as many weeks in a row as I can. So obviously I missed one a couple weeks ago and everybody was very gracious about it. So, uh, either way, if you want to visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links to, uh, leave feedback about this episode or any episode in the, in the last, you know, 71 or 72 weeks technically. (laughs) But, uh, there's also, uh, links to everything that I've talked about today there. So yeah, any feedback is always appreciated. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you tune in next week for episode 72. It's been great to talk to you all through the microphone by myself. (laughs) Either way, thank you again for tuning in. Have a great afternoon or evening or morning commute or nightly walk around your neighborhood or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed.